hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Can of Worms. My name is producer Elle, and I'm kind of going to act as the host today, which is kind of cool. I have a very special guest here to talk about a topic near and dear to our hearts, um, Casey Ellen, who works on the opinion desk with me. Hi. We're also joined in the studio with Cambria and Ollie, our normal hosts. They're going to come along for the ride with us today. Hello, hello. We're still here. Casey Ellen. Let's let's kind of talk about how we came to this topic because I think the story in itself is is rather <laughs> interesting. Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, I think we were just having a conversation, or I kind of posed the question to a group of us from the opinion desk on if anyone had seen this video about this park in Utah called Evermore, because there's this video on YouTube. It's like four hours long, and I had mm-hmm. watched all of it on one Saturday afternoon. And Elle was the only person who had also seen the video. What what video are we talking it's about? It's called, what is it? Um, it's Jenny Nicholson's Evermore, the theme park that wasn't. It is four hours long. Four, yeah. four hours of what? Of just, just about the park? It's a review, a history of. Um, <laughs> but like, I wanted to ask you two because you guys have not been down this rabbit hole for the last couple of months. Do you guys know what Evermore is? I don't know if I could give a great explanation, but I know that it's out in, like, Provo area, Utah County. It's guy. in a place. Listen, Utah is, like, four cities to me, and none of them are where Evermore is. It's, like, Salt Lake <laughs> and Logan and Provo and St. George. That's so, all I but know. But Evermore is not in one of those cities? No. Okay. It's it's in between Salt Lake and Provo, generally. You could say you could have said any city, and I would have just believed you. That's it's in Pleasant line. Grove. Pleasant Grove, okay. Pleasant yeah, Grove, Utah. Gotcha, gotcha. I, it's like a God, little Google. like fantasy <laughs> theme park, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like um, LARP, LARPville. How it's advertised is it is a year-round renaissance fair. You go into this park, and you can talk to a bunch of people in character and buy from a bunch of renaissance fair vendors, and you can throw axes and, like, shoot bows and Whoa. go on quests and um, join guilds. Like, there's a bunch of different guilds for you to join, allegedly. Cool. Um, and that cool. sounds great, right? Like, even if you're not a huge fantasy person, like, that sounds fun for an afternoon. Okay. Yes, what yes. Kind of, what kind of guild is there? This is the archery I think guild, that... and this is the sword guild. Or is it, like, this is the... T- turkey guild and this is we there's like, like the guild. hunters okay that's the only one that comes to mind i know that some of them change seasonally okay wait so there's different <laughs> kinds of guilds that you just are a part of and when you go there you get like the, the thing that they advertise is that you can go into the park and you can go on a series of quests given to you by the character actors in the park and then, then you can join the guild. Wow. So, like, gotcha. you can, you go, you're like, oh, you have to find six um, heart-shaped rocks throughout the park, or you have to go talk to this person and beat them in the in a battle of wits or something. Or oh, okay. I was three bullseyes at the archery ring, and then you will hard. become part of the guild. But as we quickly, as we quickly found as we were researching, this is, like, nothing like what the actual park is. I mean, it does seem that sometimes when you go, there are guild opportunities. But not but every time? Generally, I think a common thing that in Jenny Nicholson's video she found with the park and also that we found with the park on our fun adventure was that there's not a lot of consistency with what the park offers. And if it is, it's like consistent that it's not great. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, and we need to kind of take it back a couple steps. To understand Evermore, you kind of have to understand where it's coming from, you know? So this this park has been in development. I can't even say it's a finished park because it's not. 
since 2014. It debuted at our Salt Lake City Comic Con Fan X. Mm. And it promised like a lot. Yeah, you get on a ghost ship and then you can like ride a boat up to this ghost ship and then you can get out and explore and then get back on the boat when you're done exploring and then continue on the ride. What? It was kind of. Wait, that's really cool. It was advertised as like a Disneyland in Pleasant Grove, Utah. But like that sounds super cool, right? That sounds super cool. I would love to get on a ghost ship. But, like, you think about it for more than maybe two seconds, and you're like, oh, my God, this sounds like a five-year-old just, like, threw 100 things together that they thought were cool and made a ride, right? Like, there's no way that this could actually, like, be real. And you would be so right. Like, it's not real. Sorry to lead you guys on. Um, You did. The actual state of the park at this point, I think think Casey Ellen can speak to this, too, because we went together as part of this episode. It's like half. It's dirt. It's I dirt. described it as dirt. Okay, but really? it's, been in, it's been around since 2014. Did you guys go? 2014. Yeah, we went. But no, they basically they de- they debuted the idea for the park and in 2014 they're like it's going to open in like half a year or about a year, something like that. And people were kind of perplexed, especially theme park fans because they were looking at the fact that they had not even broken ground and they were like you're gonna have a theme park Disneyland style theme park with like a few acre parking area and all this like these cool cool rides and some cool bathrooms I guess and they essentially were like you can't do that in a year you can't do that in half a year that's not possible yeah can I ask a question who was behind this all like who debuted at comic-con a man named Brett I will look it up he is a tech guy he Mm. built you know like when you go online and you have that little lock next to your like http that means the website is secure basically he made one of those companies yeah he made one of the companies that makes the little lock so he does like his company makes the locks like the security stuff for like tumblr and twitter and websites like that to make sure that your information isn't being stolen and so he's very very rich and evermore is like his dream project he's a bit of an entrepreneur he has another project the grid. The grid. The grid is also in Pleasant Grove, Utah. It's a place with an indoor go kart play- like area, oh, and I've it's kind of that. cool because it has electric go karts, so that cool. they can do it indoors, and it's also kind of better for the earth. That adventure also had some advertising that made it sound very, very cool. Uh, the grid is more than just a go kart track. It's really an immersive karting experience. So our goal is to provide people with a more than your general like your average night out right you come into the grid and even stepping into the lobby you're expecting a dingy old karting track and you get this grand space that's finished in this 20s deco style really kind of luxurious uh, and and the new experience doesn't stop there as soon as you get in the cart and actually get on our track uh, you're kind of transported into another world so immersive adrenaline is our goal here and it is just an indoor go-kart place. That's pretty cool, an indoor go-kart place. It is a pretty good place. And they go, the car, the track goes up and down. Yeah. It goes yeah. up and down? Yeah, so like What do you mean up and down? Like, like a, whoa, like a little hill moment? Or like actually up and down? Like the track goes up and then like. This is a podcast. The, the other track goes like, it's, it's hard to explain. He's doing some hand motions <laughs> for the audience at home. So just a, first mo- story. Just, okay, so just a dynamic track, like a Mario Kart race. Yeah. Sure. Like Rainbow Road. Yeah. Like Rainbow but Road. it was advertised as more than that. Yeah. It was advertised is like Blade Runner and it's not it's just a concrete room with with carts and birthday yeah. parties so it's not it's not like it's not like embellished it's not made pretty essentially no. yeah no. but it so was advertised it was advertised that it would have some very like cool aesthetic features and interesting lighting and it could change essentially oh. that 
the decorations could change. You could choose the course that you wanted to do and you could do like a medieval one and you could do a Blade Runner-esque one. That was how it was advertised and it is just a concrete room. This same sort of like, oh, the idea feels half finished, like the grid feels half finished, same thing at Evermore. So when we went, because we did go. um, Did you guys dress up? I put elf ears on. Oh. There's a lot of pictures of me with elf ears on just out and about. I thought about dressing up and then I realized it was winter and I valued warmth and comfort. It was a lot of dirt. It was a lot of boarded up like buildings that we couldn't go in. It was a lot of like, and then the other thing that we noticed while we were going was mm-hmm. there was no character actors around. <gasps> oh, Isn't that the whole That stick? was their whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but disappointment. Yeah. So what is there to do? You could walk around the dirt. We could push buttons. Was it really just dirt? What button? Well, I think... So we're looking at, like... (laughs) There's a lot of dirt. (laughs) I'm noticing a lot of dirt. And I'm not seeing any characters walking around. There was buttons on the decor. And the the only button we were successfully able to find, we pushed it, and it made a spooky noise. Yeah. Okay, wait. Describe this button. Because when you say button, I'm I'm envisioning, like, a big red button. Quite literally, it was, like... An elevator button with like blue glowy. Oh, like magic. Like it's meant to be like, oh, spooky magic yeah, button. Spooky magic button. Gotcha. And it okay. made a spooky magic noise. And, and that's did what you there was something? to do. No, it made a noise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the highlight of the day. That was the button. No, the highlight. the highlight of the day was the dragon. So true. They There's had a dragon, dragon decoration. A real dragon. It was, it was just a wire frame with some, it, some cloth o- stretchy cloth over it, cool. and it kind of lit up cute. That was definitely the highlight. The rest of the park, mostly dirt. There was a hobbit hole. Ooh. Were you able to go in the hobbit hole? Yes. That was, I think, the only, well, it was one of only two two or three. I think there were three. Was the food good? Oh. It was mid. Yeah. It was unfortunate. It's a shame. They also were out of most of the food. Just like the issues that we saw are like not even half of what is wrong with this park. For, the, for this episode, um, I reached out to a couple different people who used to work at the park, and I was able to talk to one of the former makeup artists. Um, how's your day going? It's going great. Um, I just got out of class, and uh, now I'm just chilling for the day, so. Um, back when they had an SFX studio, not in-house, but I think like across the road. And she had a lot of very interesting things to say about her uh, workplace. Uh, my name is Alyssa Holbrook. I worked at Evermore as uh, one of the makeup artists. There was about five makeup artists there. It was from 2019 to 2021. Um, now I live in Los Angeles working as a freelance uh, full-time film makeup artist. So, What made you want to work at Evermore? Um, so I actually heard about it a lot at the school that I went to in LA and, you know, everyone was talking about how cool the makeups were and how they had an actual um, like shop there where they were making prosthetics and mm-hmm you know, making all this cool behind the scenes stuff. And that's what I was really into. And I was like, oh man, that's in Utah. Like, are you kidding me? Because usually that stuff is not in Utah, you know, that's like in Los Angeles or Florida or yeah, I just was really uh, like looking forward to potentially having a job there because I had a couple connections and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I kind of just was the squeaky wheel to get hired. You know, the one of the makeup artists, my boss, we're friends now. And she's so funny because she told, she just jokes. We joke all the time about how I was really annoying about it because I really wanted this job. And, um, she said specifically in the makeup team that um, a lot of people's hours were cut very randomly. Um, without warning, even though they were told they would be full-time. She couldn't speak for everyone, but... 
how consistent was your schedule? Was it very set in stone or would you kind of just work whenever they called you in? Like, what did that look like for you? It was set in stone, but it was kind of rough because, um, you know, sometimes they would just say, like, we can't afford to, like, have you this week. And it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, cool. Like it, it got to be it was consistent until it wasn't. I was okay. told that I could make this my full time job. And then suddenly it was like, we can't give you any hours. And that was kind of awful because, of course, I mean, I was very young. And uh, before 2020, everything was significantly cheaper than it is now. Um, but this was my main source of income. So right. it was pretty rough to have that be like um, very wishy-washy. It was kind of like, okay, yeah. So it was consistent the first few months and then it became very inconsistent. So, and I was basically, I found myself like pleading to get hours and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. Was that commonplace? Do you know if that was like commonplace among like everyone, everyone was having to beg for hours or was that <laughs> specifically a makeup department issue? It was definitely makeup department. I mean, I don't really know from actors because I feel like with actors, it's like they had a set character that they were supposed to play in the park. So it wasn't, you know, they would hire other people like they would have actors come into the shop and do makeup work when it's like, why can't you just have the makeup artist do that? Like it was, but it was because, you know, they couldn't get us past a certain amount of hours without getting in trouble or something. Mm -hmm. So they would have other people come in and, you know, the makeup artist would see the other people coming in and go, Hey, that's not really fair. So it was a big drama thing with the studio. It was definitely really hard to deal with all that. Um, I would say the park had a lot less drama, you know, comparatively, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say, I would say overall it was, it was typically the makeup department that was dealing with the inconsistency. So. And this is also something that, Jenny Nicholson put in her video that had us really intrigued about the park. There also just seemed to be, I don't know, very poor treatment of the employees there. It's this man. I actually did look up his name. It's Ken Brett Schneider. And Ken Brett Schneider, it's his dream project. And then he gets these employees to really get excited about it. And especially for people who are interested in theater, this is a theater experience you can work in and get employment in and maybe build your career. And you get these young adults to buy in. And then you bring them in and you give them really poor job security and you make them do things that aren't in their job description. And it, it's just, it's really unfortunate. Feels bad. I think yeah. we should point out that when we went, there were workers there. They all looked 15, 16. Wow. Like wow. Every single one looked 15 or 16. Yeah. And there were no character actors. These weren't people acting in a theater capacity by any means. They were working in food. They were selling food. And they were all 15, 16. And as I stated, they had run out of a lot of the food there. So I walked up and there was this 16-year-old girl who was like, I'm so sorry. It's, you can, it's, we only have one burger left. And I took the last burger and they all seemed very stressed. And it was, and it was so cold and it was really crowded in that building specifically with the burgers because it was one of the only buildings that was open and warm. Wow. Wow. And we ended up paying, what, you paid 13 to get in. I paid $13 for my entrance ticket for what I thought would be an experience where I would get to interact with at least two to three character actors, and there were none. It was like $10 or $15 for food, like yeah. minimum. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a $20 to $30 experience. And the food wasn't great. And the food wasn't even great. And, and the thing is, when it is, because as we learned later, we went in off-season, which the park is still open for some reason, but the character actors are just absent we still like when it's at like peak season it's like 30 or so bucks to get in for like a day huh and you know yeah our 
our experience is probably not the best experience, but like, I don't know if I would pay an extra $20 to talk to some random people at a park. Yeah, I guess I also, I thought that it was a little bit of a bad business practice to not make it clearly advertised when I bought tickets that I was not paying for the full experience. It wasn't anywhere on their website, wasn't anywhere that like we saw easily accessible for us to see that information. When I bought my ticket, they didn't say, hey, just so you know, it's off season. There was no communication about that. And so I did spend money expecting the full experience. So like, I can't say that our experience was reflective of what Evermore is all year or what it is on their on season, but I can say that if the communications issues are reflective of Evermore, which it seems to be based on even employee experiences, then that is a problem. Employees all said the communication between management and staff was terrible. It does seem consistent between yeah. all, like even the go kart stuff, where it's like you're like the advertising does not, it's not telling you what you're getting. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I did look at the website because I pre-bought my tickets, and it advertised that there was going to be a full staff there on the website for winter, it's the winter festivities. Interact with characters, join guilds, go on quests, and then we got there and it was like. So it wasn't like a lack of information. It was a full like it was just misdirect, fully, like, full misdirect. misdirect. Yeah, yeah. And I wow. imagine that that was their website from the start of their winter season, which had ended half a month, a month before we came. Yeah. But, but they, we still came during winter. It was February, March, yeah. February. Yeah, it was kind of late February. That is winter in Utah. Yeah. Right. There is no reason for us to not expect the winter season when that's what's advertised on their website. It was winter for a lot longer this year, too. And, and I think we went to the park with a pretty open mind, too. Like, we didn't go in to be haters. Like, it wasn't one of those days where I wake up and decide to be a hater. It was more like, I'll go and see and then decide if I would like to just be a hater. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think when I went, I do feel that I went in thinking the guy who owns the park is probably not a great boss and probably engages in some poor labor practices. But I truly hope that the park experience is enjoyable for customers when they're paying for it. And I hope it'll be enjoyable for us. And it wasn't the worst time I've ever had. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's, yeah, I think that's kind of my thought on it is it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened. There was that one button. For me, it was just that the experience was fun just because I was out doing something with a friend rather than because of Evermore. I agree. I think we left the park and and there's audio of us just like audibly very confused. (laughs) All right. So we just left. We were there for what, an hour and a half maybe? Yeah. And we came late. We didn't come exactly when it opened. But I think the overwhelming feeling was like, there is nothing, nothing to do. I don't know if you felt the same way, but we like wandered. There was like, we, I, I talked to two different park employees and both of them were like, we'll go touch the, the buttons. And then we like looked for the buttons and there were no buttons. And I was like, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I would also say like, even if there are things to do, it's very unclear, right? So like there was like some buildings that were clearly closed and then there were some that seemed like they might be open, but we weren't sure. So we didn't feel comfortable going in them. There were a lot of people who seemed like guests who were dressed up that could have been actors, but we weren't sure. And then there were people who seemed like actors, but could have been guests and we weren't sure. And they were supposed to have like a green necklace to distinguish them. And I'm sorry, I did not see any green necklaces. Like going around the park, we put the microphone away at some point because we were like, oh, maybe people just aren't talking to us because we've got this microphone. Maybe they're not comfortable. So I like put the microphone in my backpack and like still want people to come up and talk to us. So you're saying that- But there was no one to come up and talk to you, right? But it was unclear it was because unclear. it is a LARP park. And from what I have seen about the park, not necessarily, like, from what I've seen about the park, it seems that 
character actors wear necklaces to indicate that they are character actors. They're like glowing necklaces. I saw not a single glowing necklace, I though I did see someone in a suit of armor. Right. Oh, oh, I see, I see some, some characters walking. They're like on, they're like up on this like thatch roof house. There, there they are. Indeed. How do you see? Oh, those are indeed characters. He has a sword and armor. That's crazy. I wonder what's behind him is just wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> maybe. maybe he's not. Maybe he's just LARPing. No, 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 no. But maybe is like you can like you can do like you can go on quests that the characters give you. So it might just be like a quest. Yeah, a bit of a quest going on. I don't know. I have to go to the Hobbit hole. Okay, yeah, we <laughs> we'll go to the Hobbit hole. Yeah, but uh, even when we were alone in a room with them, they did not they approach did us. So I have to wonder if they actually were, because if they were an employee, they were not, they were not doing like their job, their job yeah, yeah right. which is to some degree customer service. Mm -hmm. And like not to throw this person on the bus, because maybe they were just like trying to have a nice time at this empty park, but like it was very confusing for us as like first time goers, and, and I think that's kind of the overwhelming of like the the feeling that we had going out of the park. We were sitting with the microphone at my car, like just like kind of leaning on the car and talking. It was just like. I think we we exited the experience feeling even more confused about the park than before. Yeah, you know? well, because we went because we'd heard, watched a four-hour video and we had still had questions. And yeah. we went thinking this might answer some questions, we might gain some better insight, and we left just being more perplexed. So you're saying that the treasure was the friendship you made along the way? Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> So maybe oh, that's the magic of Evermore. Yeah. Makes it such a bad experience that whoever you're going with, you bond. But, but here's the thing, is that there are diehards for this park. Like, yeah. there are people that will defend this park until the day they die. Wow. Dang. So I yeah. talked to this super fan. Oh. His name is Bob McFadden, and I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that. My name is Bob. I became obsessed with Evermore just over a year ago. Um, on February 17th, 2022, my... My work had a work event during this off period of time, um, and I had the time of my life, was completely enthralled with the story and the characters and the ability that I had to like interact with this world that wasn't real, but was somehow tangible. Like I, <laughs> I'm in a town that I can see with my eyes, and there are people that I can hear directly with my ears, no audio in between. Um, the idea completely captured my mind and heart. And I've tried to learn something about Evermore every day since. And I talked to him after we'd already gone to the park and like immediately he was like... My biggest problem with Evermore right now is their approach to this off season. Um, they call it Winterfest or Springfest. This time last year, it was $5 to get in. This time, it's $10 for the same experience. He, like, has a YouTube channel where he documents moments of, like, character interaction that he thinks is meaningful. I don't know that I was captured by the specific story that Evermore is telling as much as the way that they're telling it. It's true that, like, there are a lot of immersive experiences. You can go to other theme parks and have the same thing, where you're in an environment, and you can even see characters at Disney and stuff. Um, but I don't think that anything that I've ever experienced has done it quite to the same degree, 
where you really can have an impact on the story and there is a deeper mystery for you to investigate. I think the closest thing that at least I'm aware of now is the Galactic Star Cruiser down in Disney. They're doing something very similar, but the price point for me in my life is completely unattainable. Uh, you're going to be dropping a couple thousand dollars to go down there and experience it for a day or two. Um, meanwhile, we're super lucky to live in Utah where a short drive away, you can have a fantasy themed version of the same thing and be able to dive into that on a regular basis. I went every single weekend, um, in 2022 after I had like this extremely exciting, um, discovery he's not like alone in the way he feels about the park there's like a whole dedicated facebook page that's hogged down all of my interviews there are people that are diehards go to this park every weekend like there's a discord for it mm -hmm. um that they talk in regularly there are fan podcasts out there Whoa. like dedicated specifically to this park wow um yeah they people love this park yeah it's got like it's got season pass holders that go there every single weekend, you know? And walk around the dirt. Yeah, and, and I mean, the other person that I talked to, and, and I guess this is the other demographic for the park, was I talked to this mom. I talked to them and their kids, and like, their kids loved going and seeing all the fairies and seeing the like dragon people and like, you know, that sort of thing. So I understand that there's a sort of fan base for it, but I guess that our experience, it doesn't add up to It me. did not, our experience did not provoke fan behavior. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to put it. I'd be all I love this. dragons and fairies <laughs> and witches. No. I love it. I can get behind medieval stuff. Yeah, like yeah. When, the way you presented it, I was like, this sounds cool. I would yeah, be a fan yeah. of this. And but I'm not like, I, but then it's just dirt. I'm no LARPer, but I'm not, I would go to a LARP park and join a guild for a day with my friends. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I wanted to, it to be fun. I wanted it to be super cool. And yeah. I just, from my experience, was wondering why other people think it's cool and why they don't just. LARP in a park with their buddies where they can pay zero dollars. And I'm sure they do that on top of going to Evermore. But, like, you know, why would you pay extra money for this experience? And, and like, it's not to... Because I think that there are parts of the park that are, like, fantastic. They had these, like... Um, they had this, like, tavern set up that was really cool. They had these, like, big dragon heads on the walls everywhere. Mm. The dragon heads were cool. They're, like, nice. so you know, how, how, like, country people have their deer heads on yeah, the wall? Yeah, it's, like, like freaking dragons. Yeah. That's that so cool. cool. I'd have one of those in my house. 100%. House. Well, easily. I'm going to make one. But I, I guess in, like, conclusion, Casey Ellen, like, I think what our conclusion was, was, like, we should be, as consumers, number one, supporting, you know, things that treat their employees fairly. Mm -hmm. But number two... Spending money on things that are a full concept and a full, like, fully baked idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was very much like, oh, the park is empty. Like, where is everyone? And, and one of the employees told me that there was, like, 200 people in the park. Could have fooled me because I didn't see any of them. I definitely agree. It's I think we kind of discussed on our own, like, after we went there, that there are other things to do in Utah that are really cool. 
right? We discussed Lagoon and then we looked at the prices and realized how much more expensive it is for families, right? But then there are things like Thanksgiving Point where you can take your kids to the Children's Museum. And I've been to the Children's Museum as, as an adult. And it's, it's a fully it functioning so concept. Cool. It's no, cool. It There's science stuff. There's a whole city in there. And like you can buy a you can buy a day pass to all of the things at Thanksgiving Point for like $35, $40. It was not yeah. it's not that expensive, yeah. you know? And like comparing it to something like Evermore, which is like in a weird location. It's in like it's like out I think it's further out than the wilderness. I think it's about the same actually. It's near Thanksgiving Point, but it's kind of on the other side of the freeway. Yeah, right. It's in a, it's like a silly I think that we forgot to mention this, but like this park is between two office buildings. Oh yeah, it is in, it's in an office <laughs> Wait, park. What? So it's in an office park. That's cool. Yeah, but no, you like look, you know, to your you're like, Oh wow, I'm so immersed in what's going on and then you like look over and there's this massive office building next to you and you're like, What? I just yeah. like there are there are I think the the conclusion is there are better things to spend your money on. Yeah. You know? There are better things to spend your money on. And also, I think in particular, there is a lot of information. The employee we talked to from Jenny Nicholson's video where she interviewed a bunch of employees and there were definitely some very serious allegations of problems there. Yeah. The, that kind of thing. When they're like, we know that there are bad things going on to employees in this park. Don't. Give the guy your money who runs it because he's just going to use that money to mistreat his employees and also not provide you an experience that you are paying for. Yeah. I could understand maybe overlooking this if the park offered some sort of, like, you know, maybe me, not me personally, but I could understand it having some sort of dedicated fan base if it was like this crazy immersive experience. Yeah. You know? like, like Disneyland Lagoon- has Disney adults that go there like every weekend. Yeah. It's silly. I think that's our takeaway. Yeah, the whole idea is silly. The execution is silly. The people who like it are a little bit silly, but in a fun, nerdy way. Moral of the story is play D&D. Yeah, Yeah. moral of the story (laughs) is find like hang out with your friends and play D&D. Yeah, hang out with your friends. Build community and don't give Ken Brent Schneider your money. Park your silly little like homemade armor on and battle it out that way because that's gonna be more fun than going to Evermore probably. There'll be less dirt there too. Bob's gonna hate me after this episode. I'm just sure. Ah. It's a good thing my student media email is going to be zoinked (laughs) soon. Yeah. Oh, man. After hearing this story, guys, how are you feeling? (laughs) I kind of want to go. Yeah, the way that you've described the experience, it's like, oh, okay. But also the way that I'm like is like, no, I'd just rather play D&D because I uh, truly because it seems like the best part of this experience was you two hanging out and being like, hey, this is crazy. And that's and so I'm like, you know, I could yeah, I could recreate just hang out with your friends. I could (laughs) recreate this experience much easier. Mm -hmm. I have swords at home. Um, I think that's all we have for this episode of Can of Worms. This one is a little bit of a outlier, I think, in the equation of normal episodes. But I hope it is a good listen. You know, I'm, I, that was very interesting. Yeah, thanks for I feel it bad together. that I want to go after the slander. I don't know. I want to see those dragons. To be hats. fair, that is how we felt. We watched a four-hour video talking yeah. about how bad the park was, and we were like, "But we should go." But like, <laughs> it does seem maybe know. that's the allure. Is that it's so it's bad little, that no, you have to know more? Yeah, well, that's kind of the idea of like with like cursed places. It's like, oh, surely it's not. Oh, it's haunted, so, so I must it's attend. Haunted, so you, exactly. Wow, what a great <laughs> plug for the episode that Ollie and I are currently working on. <laughs> so tune true. in next time. Tune that's in, your tune, tune in next, next time, time for our spooky ghost episode. Look at it by those copper rods. Mm-hmm.